This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105.3 The Fan. We got Gridiron Gravy coming up in just one second, but also one more question from my training. Joe and Dave thought they were having a private conversation and wrote some inappropriate and hurtful things. Steve called them out. Others may have seen it too. What should happen next? A, Steve should report the event to his supervisor, Human Resources, or another designated company resource. Or B, anyone who sees the chat should do nothing. Obviously, it wasn't meant to be public, so whatever Dave and Joe said doesn't matter. Facts. Or C. <laughs> or C, uh, Freha and Carmen should fight fire with fire by texting vulgarities right back at Dave and Joe. No, they should tie him down to a bed and hit him with socks full of soap. Okay. Isn't I that think, how they did it in the Army? I think A is what they were looking for. Answer, can you not write in an answer? Or is no. It, okay. No, right. there's no like room voting. for fill-in answers. <laughs> like, it's not like voting for president. Yeah. Where you can Roger only Staubach. C. Go with C and just see what happens. All Dude, right. seriously. What's, no, what's that the, is the wrong what's answer. What's the worst that could happen if you answer the wrong answer? That they're going to be like, you have do, to take it again? Yes. Oh, that's it? Yes. You think that they're going to look at you and be like, this guy has some problems. We need to let him go. Look, I do not want to take this again. All right, right now, let's say we go around the entire NFL and dip into some gridiron gravy. Dip. Everybody's saying C is the answer, by the way, Kevin. Biscuits. It's The answer is not C. And this is fair from the 214. I think Kevin should shut up. I get enough of this S at work. Fair. From the 972, that HR training wants folks to become snitches. (laughs) (laughs) Man, they do. Any answer Mm -hmm. that does not involve directly going to your supervisor, rule that one out. Yep. Because that is not the answer that they're looking for. All right. Let's go across the NFL, and we start with this. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Because people are already trying to spin it both ways. Quote, about half the team attended Russell Wilson's birthday party. Oh, that's cool. Do you think that's a good thing? That's or great. Bad? That's like 28 guys. Especially with like the holiday season up and everything, yeah. man. That's, I already that's got Christmas presents today. Difficult, yeah. It's difficult to get to these functions at this time of year. Okay. So, yeah, getting half of your, your coworkers to show up, pretty awesome. Okay. Because some people are like, well, that proves that nobody likes him. And Derek, other people are like, half the guys, oh, Derek. Derek, you have a smirk on no, your it's, face. It's because I'm still thinking about that whole thing where you got to go through his agent just to contact him as a teammate. Yeah. Like you can't text him yourself. So I'm wondering how the invitations You know, that's a good point. His agent surely sent them all out. Now, this isn't the most surprising thing, but Kyle Pitts is done for the rest of the year. He did undergo a procedure to his knee. We talked about the knee issues that he had had, and now the report is he's out and they're going to focus on getting him ready for the 2023 season. 
The Falcons are still oddly a viable playoff contender. How much does this hurt them? It hurts. He's a really good player. So we went over it yesterday. That schedule favors Atlanta winning this division. If you just look at schedule, you can't look at quarterback situation or overall talent. Uh, But if you look at the schedule, Atlanta has a great chance to make that home game to finish the year, their division championship game. That division's so bad. It is. We we point out the other day, Washington, who's in last place of the NFC East, would be a game and a half ahead of both of those teams in the South. All right, let's go from that to sad news for the Jets. Yesterday, I told you the Jets might get flexed into Sunday Night Football. They said, you know what? We're going to take the Dolphins and Chargers instead. So... The Jets' 11-year odyssey to get back to Sunday Night Football continues. They have not made it. They flexed in a different game, not the Jets and Bills. Sad. This is really sad. I am sad sad for them. If they had a quarterback that people cared about, then people would obviously be like, you know what? We need this game. Because this is what happened. You got two quarterbacks that people love. Josh Allen can only do so much of the lifting for the Jets. And he's like, sorry. They're like, come on, Mike White? Really? Come on. What are we doing? Hey, speaking of what we're doing, what are we doing? A bold move from Brett Favre as he has decided to go on the offensive and has filed to dismiss the Mississippi welfare lawsuit. Now, this is the amazing part. His attorney, I actually don't think this is the worst strategy in the world, is his attorney said Brett Favre has done nothing wrong. Well, that's obviously a lie. The Mississippi Department of Human Services does not and cannot allege that his claims against him and his company are valid and therefore they must be dismissed. And then he said that the state of Mississippi is trying to use Brett Favre as a famous scapegoat to hide from the fact that they took $94 million. So what's amazing about this is like, look, they did the bad thing. We didn't do anything. They're just trying to use us as a scapegoat. Now, that, of course, completely ignores that Brett Favre 100% got a million dollars for work that he never did. Allegedly. And it, no, that happened. Yep. And he got his one of his companies got another two point one million dollars. So Allegedly. if you want to argue no, that did definitely happen too. Okay. Now, the trouble comes is where did the money come from or how quickly they paid it back. So they're like, No, we paid it back. And other people are like, Yeah, but she paid it back really slowly once you knew you were busted, and that's not really how stealing works. What do you mean? I don't allegedly. I don't okay. So you rob a bank and they're like, you know what? We're gonna walk the money back in Uh eventually Uh over several months after you prod us about it. Just get it. If you could not let us use the money jail, yeah. Let us use the money and and gain interest on it while we give it back to you. I understand. I watched that movie with Denzel Washington and the guy who robbed the bank and then like lived in the bank for a week or so (laughs) and came out later. So Brett Favre watched Yeah, Brett Favre watched that movie and he's like, That is our legal strategy. Man. Russell Wilson topic is coming back, Kevin, on the fan text. Wilson's 40. Why is he still having birthday parties? And also, none of them went to go see Russ. They went for Ciara. Yeah, and that's... Fan text with jokes. I love it. Yeah, and that's what people are like, you know this was a fancy party and all those people didn't show up? I do have to admit, if Ciara's throwing a fancy party, I want to be there. 100%. But do you still want to be there if Russell Wilson's going to be there? I don't know. Big question. Would you rather go to Ciara's? birthday party yes. or the party that she's throwing for Russell Wilson or if they had a big party for Ruben Sierra 
I'm oh, going to Ruben crap. Sierra's yeah, birthday party. Ruben Sierra, El Caballo. He yeah. sang songs he for sing, us. He'll sing for us. He's one of the great Texas Rangers of yep. 1986 through 1991. Yeah, where the card era was popping. I'm going to his because you know he's going to be playing his albums in the background. And yeah, I'm going to Ruben Sierra's Dude, party. We'll just oh, all ride together. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. We could order Uber together. Get, get, well, yeah, Uber. Oh, speaking of Uber, want to give a shout out to Clemmy, who's out there. Gave Reggie a ride earlier this morning. It's really appreciate you doing some awesome work and spreading the word of the fan out there, Clemmy. He's in the Twitch chat, too. Nice. Reggie's in there. Oh, Reggie is. Oh, yeah. That's... I thought you were talking about Clemmy. Oh, uh, no. Well, Clemmy is, too, probably. Mate, well, he's driving, so. Oh, yeah, he's pulled over. It's not going to be safe. He pulled over. He put it in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's pulled over. Huh. Okay. Shall we go ahead and mark that one down? Yeah. Masterpiece of the week coming up on Friday. Now, Vaughn Miller <laughs> says he only plans on missing one more game. He goes, look, I didn't tear my ACL. That was a huge part of it. He's got some meniscus damage, but he's hoping in seven and seven to ten days he can be back. Good to go to play in that game against the Jets that didn't get flexed. So Von Miller got to play with DeMarcus Ware at the end of his career, and DeMarcus Ware wins a championship there in Denver. Is why come back so quick? You've proven you are a great player still. You're dealing with an injury. You're older. To me, I've seen this, and I go, just play like the last two games of the year and then be ready to give your best. Like you worked your way back. It You kind of got your way into shape those last two weeks, and then you're hoping to play in four more games to because they're probably not going to get the bye. And so to me, I would just look at it. If, if Von Miller was on the Dallas Cowboys, I would say, Vaughn, don't come back this quick. Take your time, and I want you 100% ready to fire during the playoffs. I don't need you wasting any more reps in the regular season. I agree. I have no – I don't I don't know. Other than maybe he's looking at seeding, and he's like, I have to help them with that part. And that's – I, I, I hear what you're saying about probably not getting the bye. They they have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs, and they're only one game back, True. and they still play the Dolphins So again. you would force them no, back no, out no, there? No, 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 no. Not at all. But I'm saying I would not discourage him. Like, because don't you think Von Miller, like, probably went up there and was like, guys – I'll be ready by the Jets game. And you could go the route of, look. I would want to protect him from himself. Wh- okay. Just which, like Zeke. I think I think the Cowboys did a great job it, of protecting Zeke and saying, hey, there's still plenty of season left. Let's get you right because we need you right. You yeah. out there at 70% isn't – to me, Von Miller at, let's just say, 75 80% is just at best an average player at this point in his career. But him at 100% is still one of the 10 best pass rushers in the NFL. Do you think the worry is, like, the Cowboys thought we can win without Zeke? And I don't know. Because Buffalo's been struggling. They're 2-2 yeah. two and two in their last two. They beat a garbage Browns team and a garbage Lions team. Whoa. So Sorry, dude. Your team is garbage. You have Whoa. to know that. They just won. Yeah. yeah. They're going all the way now. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl. Who'd they beat? The Buccaneers. Buccaneers beat the Cowboys this year, Kevin. Okay. Therefore, so by the transitive property. Oh yeah, we need to up to date our. We need to update our Super Bowl champion. Like who is the linear <laughs> Super Bowl champion right now? By the I way, I would want to target December eighteenth for Von Miller. That is home against the Dolphins. That makes to me, sense. obviously, he's not playing this Thursday. Yeah. There's a day left. He to that. says he'll play the Jets game, but I hear yeah. you. Yeah, and, and you know what? If if he's 100%, if my doctors say, look, he ain't going to get any better, he's 100%. Right. Now I'll say, all right, we're playing. But if he's like, hey, he's at 80%, I would say, gosh, what would seven more days do to this injury? Like, as in, give him seven more days. And then last thing I got for you, the Giants, Xavier McKinney has said, remember, he's been hurt since the ATV incident in Mexico 
is he said he is planning on being back this season, which they're going to need if the Giants are going to make the playoffs. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we jump into the Lunch Rush and Expressway, inspired by the upcoming retirement of Miguel Cabrera. Who were the hitters Derek Holland most hated to face? Plus, Mike likes it. Plus, the Stars update. All of it next right here on The Fan. Just been able to do it. Uh-oh. There's a drive left field. That goes pro far and it's gone! Cabrera's done it! Number 506! And the Tigers have a dozen. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. In honor of the upcoming retirement of Miguel Cabrera, who were the haters that <laughs> the hitters? Oh, yeah, there's, no, there's a lot of those out there. Haters. I'm one of the so haters. Many. 337, I, I think his name's so Michael, many. who texts in I quite will, a bit. I will apologize for one of my haters in just one second. But the hitters that you most dislike facing, but also... And a good Tolo who did the immediate research for us. His name is Reggie. Oh, Reggie did the yeah. research? Reginald. I actually said, yeah, you keep this on your phone just for these moments. You can listen to him on the get right. And he said, no, I just ran it down. So there it is, Kevin. Do you want the research real fast? Yes. So the Rams won the Super Bowl, right? Correct. Bills beat the Rams week one. Dolphins beat the Bills week three. Bengals beat the Dolphins week four. Ravens beat the Bengals week five. Giants beat the Ravens week six. Uh, Seahawks beat the Giants week eight. Bucks beat the Seahawks week ten. Browns beat the Bucks week twelve. Therefore, the Browns currently hold the Pythagorean theorem. Is it the, the transitive, <laughs> transitive property? property? Let me hear it. Super Bowl, Kevin. You get so to announce it. The Cleveland Browns are your current reigning and defending Super Bowl <laughs> champions. <laughs> Woo! Based on that's the team that beat the next team, Mike. I love right. it. Super Bowl, baby. Here we go. Thanks to, Ooh, to Reginald Atatula on the get right. Who are they going to lose to this week? It's just a piece of metal. Who oh, cares? <laughs> they might be able to oh, defend it. They that. have the Texans this week. Oh, so. man. They're going to defend man. their title. All right. What a game, by the way. Deshaun Watson comes back from his horrible things. Yes. To play the, the team that he did those things with. Supposedly, too. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the people that filed the charges. At least 10 of them. Yes. Will be at the game. As well, that was like reported on. Oh wow! Okay, other things, well, which is kind of odd. But just real quick, then let me ask you because we were going to do NFL fact or fiction, but there's a lot of stuff happening today. That was going to be there is one of my NFL fact or fiction questions. You are intrigued to watch Deshaun Watson play football again. I hate saying it, but yes, because he was a top ten quarterback, maybe even borderline top five. Sure, and. I don't know. Like, after sitting out almost two years, how good can he be immediately? And then how good can he be by the end of the season? Will he look like the the, the great Deshaun Watson? Will we go, gosh, he's he doesn't look the same yet. Will he ever look the same? Well, if you look at how he was in the preseason, he didn't look very good. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I was, obviously, as a Browns fan, quarterback, that's that's our guy. He did not look very good, so I'm, I'm not expecting much the first few weeks. It's kind of like a guy that's just coming off of a – a big injury, you know, he's got to get that confidence back, got to get the trust. I, I'm not expecting too much out of him, but I will say he's going to have a good game, though, against Houston. That's okay. the only thing I can say. Why? Because it's Houston? Yeah, it's like you, you really want this game more than anything. 
It's just like when I would come back to play against Texas. Like, I want to do really well at, at home against Texas. Like when you really wanted to strike out uh, Josh Hamilton for saying this isn't a baseball town. And, then and you I did. did. And, for yeah. being and that place went nuts. By like, God, thank you, Ranger fans. That was so loud. It was an awesome moment. I remember it very distinctly. So I was I. like, come on, Derek. You got this. And then he did it. Kevin, did you hear what Kyle Allen said uh, when he was asked what he said to AM teammate Miles Garrett? Oh, no. He said, be nice to me. That is nice. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he said he would say to, to his old teammate from back in the day. All right. So, Miguel, that is an excellent story. Miguel nice Cabrera is going to retire in a year. I was kind of curious, and we have stats available to research this. Derek, are there any particular players that you hated facing or you just kind of felt like they owned you? Um, Jeter was definitely one of those. Uh, I always joked around, said he was 13 for 12 against me. He already had a hit before he got up there. Um, <laughs> he was just really good. But playing with Miguel, I do want to share this because I want people to realize how great he really was. I mean, obviously, we know he was good. But on top of that, it was funny to listen to him talking about hitting. I would be in there if I was pitching, whatever. I would just listen to what he's saying. And he would always talk about, oh, they want to shift me this way. Fine. I go the other way. Oh, they shift me the other way. Oh, okay. I just pulled the ball. That's how good of a hitter is, is he knows where he's going to place it. And if you watched him, he did. He would put the ball where he wanted to go. Uh, the other thing I would say, too, if you took away how uh, big Detroit was, I feel like he would be probably in the 600 club with home runs. Really? Just wow. because you got to think he's played massive. in. Well, look at both teams he played for, uh, the Marlins. That field was huge. That was a pitcher's park. And then you come to Detroit. It used to be even bigger. They Remember, they brought the fences in. Yeah. And it's still like a graveyard hitting out there. He was... So, Beltre, I, I feel like maybe I was told, never really looked at a, a scouting report for a pitcher. Uh, was was Miggy the kind of guy that, like, just everything was natural for him? Or... I mean, he had an approach. Okay. Everything he did, he worked on, and that's where you, you kind of look at what's going on with baseball now, is he worked on the fundamentals of, I'm going to go the other way, I'm going to pull the ball, I'm going to, you know, hit and run style, put the ball up in the air, whatever. He... he worked on the hitting every single time he was in there he was in there with a purpose no matter what when it was bp time and then once he came into the game he would come in after seeing like if you made him look silly i remember one time darvish threw one of his ephus curveballs and as he swung he gave him a thumbs up after he missed it like <laughs> his hand came off the bat and then he gave him a thumbs up so he knows what he's doing he would come back in and he would be like okay this is what he's doing he pays attention to pitchers i know uh, when i faced him here i gave up two home runs to him both at bats and the second time, I, I saw the video when I was inside after the game, and he was talking about he saw me tipping my pitch for my changeup. He knew it was coming. I, so he's he's paying attention to a lot. I have the stats for both Miguel Cabrera and Derek Jeter against Derek Holland. If was he like. actually 13 for 12 against uh, D, against Jeter? Jeter was probably batting 800, over 800. Jeter never got a hit off me, Derek. Mickey was probably batting 430. No. Okay. Derek Jeter <laughs> was batting over 500. He had 10 hits and 19 at-bats with you, three doubles, three RBIs, a walk, but also, did he ever two, pull the ball, or did he just take your cutter and push other it the way. other way? Yep. I don't have, I don't have a cutter. He so he hit five twenty six against you with an OPS of twelve thirty four. For Miguel Cabrera, he's just a guy though, bro. Okay, I mean, agree. Put Michael Young on that Yankees team, and Michael Young's same a bigger also, star. Derek Jeter is involved in the most overrated play in the history of any sport. Is Miguel I love Michael Young, but.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Derek Jeter has like 1,200 more hits than Michael Young. Michael Young, if he'd have been on that Yankees team, would have had 1,200 more oh hits. Oh, my gosh. Too. Mike wow. Adams just texted me, too, and said Miggy was also the toughest at bat by far. There you go. That's Miguel, two pitchers. Okay, Miguel Cabrera against Derek Holland. 16 at bats, eight hits, two doubles, three home runs, nine RBIs, four walks for a robust 500 batting average and 600 on-base percentage. And a 1.788 OPS. His, I think that's his like at his career averages. So I wouldn't like that's not too bad of a deal. Like that's what he just it. did anyway because he did a, it to everybody. He's a Hall of Famer first ballot <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, I, I mean he he Hall was, of Famers you pitched to Kevin? Uh none. Dang it! I pitched to Mike Piazza. Get you. Oh, well, he like did, he's my he catcher. catcher. That's awesome, yeah. Mike. Wait, you faced Griffey too, right? Yeah, I did pretty good you. against Griffey. Uh, Cabrera, I remember him getting, I think, two hits off of me. I don't remember how many times I faced him, but I can remember him hitting the ball. I Three always times. hated it because if you got two strikes on him, to your point, he would just hit the ball hard the other way. So if I threw like something, let's say a two-seamer away or a change-up away, all of a sudden he would change his approach to, no, 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 you think you're going to throw a low and away or soft away and I'm going to try to pull it? I'm not going to try to pull you anymore. I'm just going to hit the ball hard the other way. That's the best hitters. Instead of, hey, let me get into uh, my batting practice and see how far I can hit the ball all the time. I'm going to work on all these typical or these little things that could come up in the middle of a game. I, I will. I played against Cabrera when he was a third baseman for Florida as he was getting heavier. He was starting to get heavier in 07. And he was so mad at us because we weren't that good of a team. We think 73 and 89, Washington. And we started bunting on the Marlins down third base. And Manny Acta, who's Dominican, our manager, and Cabrera, he just looked in our dugout and started cussing at <laughs> Manny. And Manny's like, you're f-. like, I mean, I don't know what he said to him, but it's kind of like, dude, you're fat and slow. Like, we're going to bunt on you if they're going to put you at third base. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Was, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going right. to I was going to ask if there's stuff that if there was any other players you hated to face or that players hated to love. face yeah. you, if we want to scoreboard them and show them what you got. No, the, the one and I, I just saw him at the John Daly uh, golf event uh, was Johnny Damon. He was one he hated facing me. I think he's got one hit out of 20 at bats. Um, and then another guy like stands out, which is I, I've looked this up because of my streaming. When I get on guys talk about it. Trumbo, Pujols, and Trout, I think, are all tied for the most home runs I've given up to a person, and I think it's four. Mike Trout, 16, excuse me, 16 hits and 48 at-bats. He has four home runs, 13 RBIs, seven walks, but also 
13 strikeouts. Yeah, he didn't like facing me, too. Against mighty Derek Holland. Where did you always throw high up? No, I always threw in. He doesn't see my slider very well. That was one of the things I have. We've talked before. Uh, that was the one thing you tell me to quit throwing the slider. He also, uh, <laughs> I broke his bat. He was, he's such a great dude. He signed it, and it said, <laughs> it says sit on this because I shattered his bat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he was, he just didn't like when I would come into him on that. Let's go to mark that. Gosh, dang it. When I would pitch in Mike Trout. Yeah. Yes. I understand where you're going when with this. Yeah, in, when you're throwing in on him. He did not like that. And yeah. Cause he had slow hands or he just, no, he, they, just, just he, he got in on him quickly. I just, I continue to get closer and closer to him every single time because <laughs> he would let me expand the zone. <laughs> You guys, Trumbo, explain this music Trumbo. Is perfect for explain this. Trumbo. Like, Trumbo dude... could drop bombs. Really? Yes. He probably would hit probably the farthest home runs I've ever seen. He has five home runs against what, okay, you so it was five. per Roto Wire. 15 hits and 50 at bats, five home runs, 12 RBIs. Pujols is the other one. Right. He has five as well. We will. But not the one that went through the Diamond Club in the World Series. <sighs> that wasn't off me. That was he didn't do anything against else. me. Yeah. I did way better against Miguel Cabrera than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I like, well, I let's like hear it. Mike's like, oh, yeah, what he, was he, he went one for two with a base hit. Oh, Wait, how's, okay. that, what, how's that better? He only well, batted 500. You should see some of these other guys. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your toughest guy you've ever faced? Well, it looks like uh, I didn't like facing... Was it Mickey Mantle? Um, oh, hurtful. But he I didn't, he's older than Alex me. Gonzalez went four for eight against me, but he had three home runs out of his eight at bat. So, so when really he got stuck. up... I just pulled this up, so I didn't... Benji Molina batted 667 against me. That's one of my favorite catchers. So, good for him. He had two home runs off of me, too. I can remember... A, I can remember the one. Well, he hit. I think he hit a home run in the Barry Bonds game, and I believe he hit one in Anaheim in 03 when I was with the Mets off of me. So those look like the two guys that really got me good, even though there's other guys that did too. I mean, it's a long list, guys. <laughs> Whoa. Anybody, anybody else? Hanley Ramirez, to me, was the guy, and I'm looking. He batted 1,000 off of me, but uh, two for two with a walk. But I thought Hanley Ramirez, I just – I thought in his time, in his prime, yeah, Hanley Ramirez, especially against left-handers, you'd start looking at the stats and you'd look at what he hit off fastball, curveball, changeup against lefties, and everything was pretty much 400. And you're just like, what the crap? How does is he getting out in the major leagues this year against lefties? And then he hit a leadoff homer off of I, me that game. Mike, I think I've asked you this before, and I don't know if I've asked you, Derek. Have you ever had a moment where you're on the mound and like, I'm about to face this guy? This is pretty cool. Griffey was that guy. Griffey? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I literally sat there. I remember it picture perfect because it was in Seattle. And I was like, man, this is Griffey. Like, I grew up watching this guy. I loved him. I tried to mimic his swing. You know, one of the favorites. And then I just was like, all right, let's put him in my book now. I'm not going in his. It'll be cool to sit here and tell myself, I struck him out. And sure enough, as soon as I struck him out, I wanted to be like, hey, can we throw that ball out? Yeah. Like, I want that one. <laughs> a, uh, a quick update, if you guys are interested, Swinging for a Cause 2022 yes. is, I want to update you on the prices so far, is, by the way, Sean and RJ, they don't have a fun name for their for their dinner package, is for G-Bag, it's G-Bag and some barbecue. For the get right, it's eat right and get right. Nice. Ours is you've been masterpieced. Yep. And then for the morning show, it says dinner with Sean and RJ. They're creative. Mm. They're and Bobby. 
Yeah, no, it does not say that. Oh no! Where, yeah. where are they eating at? At Nick and Sam's. Mom's. Loosen your belt. Yes, for sure. Like Bobby belt. Now that's good, Mike. That is true. Mike's and, a genius, and they're doing good. They're at four hundred and five dollars now. Of course, who's the leader? To be that's a great question. Great question, Derek. Derek. Now, of course, to be great, you have to be ten a.m. to two p.m. right here on one hundred five three. The fan, where of course the leading bid. Thus far is the You've Been Masterpiece, despite the fact that Rachel Ring was joking with us that we got disrespected on the starting price. <laughs> so our starting price was low, yet the current bid is high. Very high. Guess what? I'm going to join you guys for that dinner. Whoa! So would you like to have dinner with uh, us and Dare Collin? So our new goal is to outraise all the rest of the shows combined yeah. because of that. All yeah, right. I think it. that's going to be beneficial. Um, and Corey, it's at Knife. I love knife. It's right, by the way, it's right next to Mexican Bar Company. We you can, need knives. We can go to both. We can hang out and have some drinks, one, and have some steaks. It'll be awesome. It'll be a great night. Trust me. I I just want to point out, Kevin, like a lot of the people that that swinging for a cause helps and benefits. Yeah. Uh, go to my possibilities. Yeah. And so, like, this is an, another connection. I know it's uh, it's with Special Olympics and a lot of the work that they do to make sure the kids have opportunities to perform in sports. That's awesome. And we've seen, we've been out there where some of the hipsters are walking around with their medals from Special Olympics. Which is so cool. Showing off. So, we love that we get to support, like, Jared supported us last week, and now we get to support what Jared's doing this week, man. All right, Joey, I'm going to give you a quick opportunity. We got Mike Likes It coming up. We didn't get to mention this yesterday is Rope Hints has been re-signed to an eight-year contract extension, $8.45 million annually. I know that you love some hockey, Joey. What are our thoughts about the value here? Uh, well, it's great value. I don't know what Jim Neal has or what his pitch is to some of these pl- young players for the stars but he seems to sign up for some uh, pretty long-term deals in at some great value i mean jason robertson's already underpaid as, <laughs> as oh it my is God. uh but i mean it's gonna be exciting that's your that's kind of be kind of your centerpiece for for years to come with you know guys like ben and sagan kind of aging that's gonna be uh, a guy that's really you're going to want to build around. And I think that's the only thing that makes me nervous is the last really two long-term contracts you gave out have been fairly disastrous. And so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am just a little nervous about that. But hopefully this works out way better and big news for the stars right there. All right, now All right. how about some Mike likes it? All right, so – I got through watching this yesterday afternoon, Mm -hmm. and it is on Netflix, and I really enjoyed it because I don't remember this story at all in the mid to late 90s. And the Netflix documentary is called Pepsi, Where Is My Jet? And so there's this dude from, I believe, Seattle. uh, His first name's John. I I can't remember his whole name, but he there's this promotion and i don't want to give it all away i want to just tell you if you have netflix watch it it's it's really entertaining it's only four episodes the whole thing is like maybe three hours long so i'll ask you this kevin do you remember the commercial where pepsi in 1995 or 96 has this whole pepsi points thing where at the end of the commercial there's a harrier jet that's kind of like a military helicopter jet and a kid flies to school in it, and underneath it says Harrier Jet, seven million points. I wasn't from Pepsi, I, and you get the Harrier Jet. I wasn't a hundred percent sure I remember the commercial until the very end, and then I was like a hundred percent. 
I remember the commercial because I remember the jet coming down and they're like, you can fly to school or whatever. Like, yeah. I totally remember that. And that's what hooked me into the story even more. So in this story, uh, it's a 20-year-old guy and he says, gosh, he's running the numbers on this. And yeah. he goes, all right, so how many Pepsis would I have to buy? Where do I store these Pepsis? But he's like, I want that Harrier yes. jet. The Harrier jet, he looks it up, is worth $32 million. He does a lot of the research on, can you actually buy a Harrier jet? And in the documentary, it says you can, but you have to buy them in lots of six. You cannot buy one Harrier jet. So they are available for purchase, but without any weaponry exactly. on it. You can't yeah. have any bombs or or the guns on there to weaponry. shoot. Weaponry? Weaponry? I like that word. I'm going to use Thanks. it. I like it. Yeah, weaponry on weapon your jet. Tree. So anyways, you get rid of all of the things that could make it a military jet, yeah. and you can buy this, but you have to buy six of them. Uh, so he looks at all of this and he goes, okay, so this is viable. I can get this jet. And so he goes to one of his friends that's an older guy and he says, hey, I think I want to do this. And so he <laughs> says, well, give me your, I'm a businessman. Give me your plan on yeah. how to get this Harrier jet from Pepsi. And after all of it goes through, the guy says, I just don't think we can do all this. Renting a warehouse. To store getting, all the Pepsi. Getting this buy, much yeah. Pepsi product and all this. It just, it sounds like by the time we were able to accomplish all of this, this promotion could possibly be over. Do you know when this ends? Also, how many people are thinking like you're thinking right now off of this commercial to try to get 7 million Pepsi points to get this jet? I mean- they might, as soon as somebody gets 7 million points, and if they have this jet available, they might go, promotion's over. Yeah. Some dude just yeah. got 7 million points, and we're not giving away two Harrier jets. We're only giving away one. So it died. It ended. And he kept thinking about it because he's like, every time I'd go into a convenience store, anytime I would go anywhere, I would see the Pepsi product. I would see Cindy Crawford. I would see the magazine on what you can get. Usually it'd be like sunglasses, T-shirt, a, a soccer ball, a duffel bag of Pepsi stuff, which was more in like the 100 point range yeah. to 1000 point range on the things you could get. Like a, a really cool thing if you collected a lot of Pepsi points, they said it was like a leather jacket with the Pepsi logo on the oh. back. And so, anyways, you want to leave the plot. Leather. Do you want to leave the plot there, or I think we can keep going okay. a little bit. Okay. Uh, but the thing that gets him to get the points, because I think the whole really documentary is on how he does get seven million points, okay. not how he got it. I think how he got it okay. isn't that big of yeah. a deal. It's a deal, but it's not the story. Yeah. So the story is he goes to the Cindy Crawford uh, poster with uh, <laughs> uh -huh. Pepsi, and they have magazines there where it shows all the things you can get through your Pepsi points. And at the end of it, he's reading the fine print, and it says, as long as you turn in 15 Pepsi points, you can buy more points if you want for 10 cents a point. And so now he's like, oh, my God. I, if I can raise $700,000, I can get a $32 million jet. And so he goes back to his buddy and he says, here's the deal. We don't need warehouses. We actually don't need to buy any Pepsi. We just need to send in a check to Pepsi for $700,000, which gets us the $7 million. I'm sorry, the 7 million points. points. And we get our $32 million Harrier jet. So his buddy says... 
I'm in. I'll 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 get I'll write you a check for seven hundred thousand dollars. Let's send it to Pepsi and let's show them that we have the points. We figured out how to do it. We want the Harrier jet. And then from there, that's when the lawyers get involved because Pepsi's like, Are you kidding me? Like <clears throat> Some dude figured out. They thought out, he was an idiot. Yeah. Like that guy. They they thought he was so stupid. They're like, hey, Jack Nuts, as Mike would say, yeah. it was a joke. And right. like a whole bunch of it is them just S talking that kid. And he's like, but I read the fine print. Yeah, yeah there's I did nothing what I'm supposed to do. There's yeah. nothing on the commercial as his buddy who gave him the $700,000 watched the commercial like five or 10 times. And then when they were going to send the $700,000 check in, they went to lawyers and they said, look, we're about to send a check for over $700,000. They put the shipping and handling on it too. Like it said, 10 bucks for shipping yeah. and handling That's for your fair. product. So That's fair. Like, all right, we'll send the 10 extra bucks. I so you accept. guys can send this Harrier jet to our house is that's a heck of a deal. Yeah. Is the lawyer said, can we watch this again and watch it again? And like, all of these commercials, whenever they do commercials like this, there's always something underneath that says exclusions uh, apply or was something, right? To make sure that you don't just have the joke out there without it saying it's a joke. Yeah. And because they didn't, the lawyer said, hey, it's a real offer. Now, we don't know if you're really going to get this, but send it in. We, we'll back you up. We will represent you on this because this advertising says if you get 7 million points, you get this jet. And so then it becomes years of battle between the Pepsi company and lawyers. And it just, it takes so many twists and turns. It's a really fun story that I don't remember in the 90s. Would because you remember where is the beef, right? Yeah. Like you remember that that dude. Stuff. Where's remember, my car? You remember the the Movie. Pepsi versus Coke, like the the taste challenges right? and all the stuff they had that at Wet and Wild. Yes, and I dominated that. By the way, I learned that you could tell by just looking at the bubbles, and so I would oh. always get something hmm. free just by looking at the bubbles in it. So no, I don't remember that either as a thing. I also wasn't a Pepsi person, so maybe that wasn't something that was on my mind. But or was I even old enough, Mike, to? Really so this, this this thing happened in 95, 96 is okay. when Pepsi points and their, that commercial happened. But they were showing a lot of Pepsi stuff and uh, they were showing just different commercials with Deion Sanders, with Cindy Crawford, with they, they went after the youth of America, right? They're like, we're going to get as many celebrities as possible, pay them a whole bunch of money. Michael Jackson, you know, another guy like we are going to make Pepsi the young, we're going to. The polar bears and Santa Claus and all the stuff they were talking about with Coca-Cola, they were really going, look, we're iconic. We've been around for almost 100 years. And they're like, we got to do opposite. We got to say, yeah, we've been around too, but we want to do the young generation. You know, the next generation, Britney Spears became a Pepsi person. Like they were trying to promote it to youth and we're like, we're not going to fight Coca-Cola in the cuteness and the oldness and nostalgia, we got to go after the youth of America with these Pepsi commercials. And so, anyways, that's where it gets into a whole debate. You'll watch it later in like... And it's called Dude, Where's My Jet, right? Pepsi, Pepsi Where's My okay, Jet. Pepsi Dude, Where's, where's my, my Car. Yes, thank you. Aston Kutcher. I did watch it. And, and did you like it? Would you I say, like, would you recommend it? Yeah, no, I liked, I liked it a lot. It's four episodes. Yeah. It, they're about an hour and change, like a little over an hour a piece. Uh, and 
It's I interesting. Think it might actually be a little shorter than an hour. Okay. I thought. Okay. I thought the whole. Oh, sign me up then. I thought the whole deal was about three hours. Okay. Well, good. How many Pepsi's do you think that is? <laughs> he was doing they the math. Did the math. Right. Yeah. Okay. So my buddy, uh, he's he does stand up here in Dallas, Ginger Nation ninety six. Uh, he legit drinks ten to twelve Pepsi's a day. Oh my god. Sometimes even more. That's too many. So I'm curious. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. Well, we did like a math for sixteen years. If we stayed at eight Pepsi's a day, if that yeah. was the consistency, it was forty six thousand Pepsi's. And I don't think that comes years. close because they were going to have to buy warehouses. Yeah. So it have to. Oh man. It was pretty much ten points for a Pepsi. I think it was. Now it could be different. You could get one point. You could get maybe twenty points if you got lucky, right? I mean, you'd cut off the the label on there, and it would say how many points you got or whatever. But I mean, it was. You're pretty much going to need about 500,000 Pepsis to get 7 million points. That's why they put it at 7 million a little bit. Because they're like, nobody's ever going to get 7 million points. We don't need to put a disclaimer here on it. All right, so. Which I did get that logic, but yeah, go check it out, people. It's fun. Real quick, to start the documentary off, they say the commercials of the 90s were the best commercials. Yes, I'd agree. What has happened to commercials today? Why do you think the creativity running out of material? I'm I'm asking, or do you think, or do you think that was just a deal that they said that commercials are as creative or better today than they were 20 years ago? That's uh, Corey makes a very good or, point. I guess is, 25 years. Ago. I, I guess I'm I I don't really watch commercials anymore, so yeah, I guess I can't say. I think I would just like commercials better back then because I was more like susceptible, and I was like, if there's something I want, yeah. I can just go buy. Whereas then it was like, oh my god, I gotta go get this because Cindy Crawford's in it, and I don't feel like the celebrity endorsement makes as much of a difference in a commercial because that's why they're like social mediaing you with it. Well, would you say that the reason that you don't see many commercials is is that you can't multitask. So when, face. when the commercial's on, you don't really see it. Even though you're saying you're watching TV and on your computer at the same time, your brain is actually concentrating on the computer. 100%. You never saw John Hamm and Santa Claus for because I leave the room when it goes to commercial, or I go somewhere else and do something else because I want to use that time more Mm. efficiently. You you watch the Super? I was gonna say, do you watch Super Bowl commercials? Yeah, because that's a pop culture thing. Like, because people will want to talk about the commercials. Nobody is ever watching like the Western Conference Finals and be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see that one commercial?" And if they do, it's just one. It's not like the whole string of them. I should have asked you this before the show started. Do you guys have a favorite commercial of all time? I loved the. McDonald's, Larry, and Jordan, Jordan, plain ones. horse. Yeah, that was. Do you amazing. even know what we're talking that about, Derek? Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I mean, I'm, you're I'm listening. You're young. I I'm faced listening. Mickey Mantle. Yeah, that's true. You've you only <laughs> faced. You guys didn't even have TVs back then. Juan Soto uh, when he was 19 years old. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. The Pepsi commercials are usually really good, for the most part. Or the old Budweiser commercials. Those were good too. Bud. Why? Any, anything for you, Corey? My, uh, Kevin stole mine. Like that's oh, that's my favorite sorry. commercial of all time. Is that specific commercial is because two legends playing horse, right. something that I can do, or it's that one where the police officer standing next to the Pepsi machine and they're looking at it and scratching their head, and there's two cows out in the field, 
and one of the cows leans over the other one and goes, I think the fat one's on to us because there's cans leading out into the field. So I always like that one, too. So that's Mike likes it. I left on the cutting floor as I leave for New York for a long time. I don't know when I'm going to see you you're guys. Merry like Christmas. Christmas. Three day, three I heard Tuesdays when you're coming back. <laughs> Is the Mavericks need to keep the jersey they wore last night and put it in. T- they need to wear that jersey 33% of the time. The rest of the time, the Dallas Mavericks are alive. Okay. Like, as long as there's a Dallas Mavericks, that jersey needs to be in their rotation for a third of their games. All right. I'm intrigued by that hypothesis. With a KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, the C-Block starring Corey Majors. I may have been wrong, gentlemen. This is Demarcus Lawrence's team. Oh. Next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.